my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Tanner fans, Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. <laughs> what a mouthful. <laughs> How's everyone doing today? The sun is out. It's looking gorgeous. I know it's going to heat up. Um, well, now that August is here, I am doing a little something different. Since my birthday is later this month, I wanted to do a birthday-themed month for August. So we got plenty of birthdays. The first one up I'm going to be doing is from Season 3. It's Season 3, Episode 17, entitled 13 Candles. So I'm going to be doing this one the next week. We're going to jump ahead to or we're going to jump ahead two seasons to season 5 where I will be covering season 5 episode 16 entitled Crushed where we focus on Stephanie's birthday. Today we're going to be focusing on DJs. After that we're going to jump to Fuller House season 1 episode 7 entitled The uh, Ramona's Not So Epic Party. Then we are going to jump back to Full House for John Stamos's birthday on August 19th. He's going to he's got his own birthday episode here that is let me find it. Season 2, episode 20 entitled I'm There for You Babe, which centers around Jesse's birthday. Big birthday month. And then we will close out the original summer fun series that I've been doing since June 21st with Fuller House Season 2 Episode 1 entitled Welcome Back, which centers on the end of summer back to school Tanner Fuller barbecue. And then that will lead into my new segment that will take place during September. We're going to focus on back-to-school episodes. We're going to get the girls going back to school in Season 1. We're going to get DJ's first time of junior high. We're going to get Stephanie's first time at junior high. We're going to get Michelle's first day of school with preschool. We're going to get Nikki and Alex going to preschool for the first time. So, lots of school. And then, of course, in October going to do a Halloween episode from Full House, a Halloween episode from Fuller House. So that is the plan going from August, September, October, November is going to be a couple Thanksgiving episodes, Full House, Fuller House, Christmas is going to be Full House, Fuller House, Christmas out the bum bum, out the Santa Claus. Yeah, that didn't make any sense, but uh, yeah, it's going to be Cray Cray Christmas in December with Full House and Fuller House, but uh, I just thought, it's my birthday month, I want to do birthday themed episodes. Um, at the end of this episode, um, I do have a voicemail that I saved on my phone, 
excuse me, my phone from my dad wishing me a happy birthday, and I wanted to play, I'm going to play that at the end, so, I'm happy I have them on my phone still, so that way, because this is going to be the first birthday where he won't be calling me on my birthday to wish me a happy birthday, so, this is, it's going to be hard, it's going to be hard, I've already faced his birthday without him, now i got to face my own, but, um, Alright, let's look into this episode. Let's look into what IMDb has to say about 13 Candles. I'm trying to remember my own 13th birthday party, actually. Um, I, was, I remember, yes, I remember it was at the farm. I was going into 7th grade. I remember it was one of the things where two people got me the same movie. Ay, ay, ay. Dad got me the movie Born to be Wild. My Aunt Debbie also got me the same movie, so one of them had to take the movie back and probably get me something else. I remember that, yeah, I also got the movie Far From Home, Adventures of Yellow Dog, which I will be covering that movie on the podcast probably sometime next year. So, some of the stuff that I put on Instagram, like, I'm going to cover this, and Free Willy, and Free Willy 2, and Homeward Bound. I'm probably going to have to wait on 2020 to get to those on the podcast, so... Okay, 13 Candles. This aired February 9th, 1990. Here is the synopsis from IMDb. The family causes DJ to become embarrassed at her 13th birthday party, and she admits that she has some feelings for a special boy. Let's read the DVD box description. It says, Her first kiss. The guys bust up the smooching when DJ plays spin the bottle at her birthday party. Notice how the description here does not say that. Oh, here we go. This one was written by Alex something or other. DJ turns 13 and is very excited about her first birthday party as a teenager. She has an eye on a boy her age named Kevin, who seems very nervous around her. Kev um, Kimmy thinks that the best way to get them together is to arrange a scheme spin-the-bottle game in which DJ is sure to kiss Kevin. DJ is embarrassed when Danny, Joey, and Jesse, who have been eavesdropping on the party, barge into the living room in time to stop the kiss. Well, they stop that kiss. Alright, this episode's got a 7.5 out of 10 based on 168 ratings. It was directed by Bill Foster, writer Jeff Franklin, the creator, and Kim Weisskopf? W-E-I-S-K-O-P-F. Well, it's good that they got a lady's perspective on this, because this is a special time in a girl's life. She's turning 13. She's not turning 16 yet. She's turning 13. All right, so let's look at who we got on uh, the guest list here. We got Megan Berwick, party guest. Let's see if she's done anything else. Um, has she been in any other Full House episodes? Uh, she was in Salute Your Shorts. She played ZZ Ziff for 26 episodes. Never saw Salute Your Shorts. Positively True Adventures of the Alleged Texas Cheerleader Murdering Mom. Yikes, that came out in 93. Wasn't that... I thought there was at least a couple of those movies. Holly Hunter, Bro Bridges, Swoozy Kurtz. Okay, great. Well, good that she did something fun. All right, as Kevin, we got Scott Curtis. This boy's been in quite a... Boy, he's actually a man now. Um... <laughs> 
All right, let's see what he's got going. He was in Santa Barbara. He was in for 65 episodes, played Brandon DeMont. DeMont? D-E-M-O-T-T. -T. He was in an episode of Highway to Heaven, Michael Landon's show after Little House. Such a good show. I would watch this when um, my grandma would take me to visit my mom. Um, Highway to Heaven. You listen to that theme song. I... I would get choked up. That theme song is just breaks my heart, rips it to shreds. The smile in the third row. He was in this episode. All right. Let's see. Did he play a character? He played Paul Garrett. Okay. He was in a New Heart episode. Acceptable Risks. Melba. He was in two episodes of Growing Pains. In season one, he played... Um... I think it was Curtis. And then he played Mark in season two for Fast Times at Dewey High. He was a friend of Ben's. He played Timmy in The Golden Girls. He played Leonard in Valerie. He played Peter in Summer Camp Nightmare. Oh, boy. Aaron's Way. Cameron's Closet. He played Cameron. What was this movie about? Father Experiments with his son's psychokinetic powers. Okay. Great. Circle of Love, Myrtle, she wrote. Now, I remember him from the movie, and I will cover this on the Looking Back in My Wonder Years podcast. It's called I Know My First Name is Stephen, and he plays Stephen's older brother, Carrie Stainer. So, um, let's see. Cranium Command, he played Bobby slash Buzzy. It was a 1989 short he was in two episodes of Full House. He was in 13 Candles, and then he was in Just Say No Way, both in the same season. Over My Dead Body was the last thing he did. All right. Well, do we even hear this boy, Elliot? Oh, his birthday's two days before mine. That's cool. Um, I don't, he, whoa, he was in a few things. He was a dancer in Step by Step, Picket Fences, Brooklyn Bridge, which that's got a cute uh, theme song like that. Wonder Years, he was basketball player in season four's The Sixth Man. He was Ben's friend in Growing Pains, really. Ben's movie and Ben's sure thing. Gotcha. Parker Lewis, he was in two episodes, 13 Candles and Just Say No Way. Um, Was he dating Kathy Santoni, maybe? Okay. Uh, Jake Bitterman, Christian Guzek. He was in a, he was in stuff. Yeah, I remember. Okay, so he was in Highway to Heaven. Haven't seen that episode. Dare to Say No, which sounds oh, it's an animation short. Our Gang. What's that about? Don't know. Our Gang makes me think of like it's like a throwback to uh, you know the Little Rascals. Uh, he played Kid Number One in The Unnatural in the Wonder Years. I remember that episode. Kevin was trying out for the baseball team and. He keeps, like, not getting cut from the team, but the kid that's sitting next to him on the bench is kind of, you know, complaining to him, like, I can't believe I got cut. You suck. You're still on the team or so. Jake Bitterman. He was in 13 Candles. He was in Good News, Bad News in Season 4 and Girls Just Want to Have Fun. He cut that mullet. He cut that ponytail. Good for him. He was kid and married with children. He was in 21 episodes of Attack of the Killer Tomatoes as Chad Finletter slash Tomato Chad. And the last thing he did was Doll Man. Is he a main character in that? 
Does not look like he was the main character. Okay, he's like way down on the list. All right. Let's see who else we got. Kathy Santoni, played by Anne Marie McAvoy. Let's see. Archie Bunker's Place, Paper Chase. She was in Children of the Corn. I did post that on the Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, Invitation to Hell. She played Sarah in Children of the Corn, the girl with the visions. Finder of Lost Loves, Cabbage Patch Kids, First Christmas, Paula Louise. Okay. Lots of Luck. That's got, um, oh, that's a Disney film? An Ordinary Family Wins the Lottery and they soon lose that, they soon learn that winning is not all it's wrapped up to be. It's got Annette Funicello. Hardcastle McCormick, never saw it. Sea, Sweet Sea, what's this? A mud puppy. This is weird. What is this? Hostage Flight, The Tall Tales and Legends. Family, he was in an episode of Family Ties called My Buddy. Uh, okay. Newhart, Potato Head Kids. There was a TV show about Potato Head Kids? Oh, it only lasted like nine episodes. Never mind. Home Free, TV movie. Mr. Belvedere. She was in Mr. Belvedere? Season 5 of The Election. I'll have to watch that sometime. As you know, um, on the Looking Back on the, my Wonder Years, uh, Wonder Years podcast, I also have covered episodes of the Wonder Years. Um, I haven't gotten to that yet. The Magic Boys Easter, Free Spirit, Jury Duty, The Comic, Kathy Santoni, Full House. She was in Back to School Blues. That's where we first meet her. She was in 13 Candles and Just Say No Way. She was also in The IQ Man. That was the last episode. She was in Sons and Daughters. She played student. And in Fuller House, Season 2, DJ and Kimmy's High School Reunion, she, of course, played herself. Good for her. Good for her. All right, we got some connections. Sixteen Candles, the movie title reference. Well, you know there's also a song called Sixteen Candles. I think whoever put this in should have put in the song Sixteen Candles. But it was sung, it wasn't Sixteen Candles that they sung, it was Thirteen Candles. Here's a connection. Ramona's not-so-epic first kiss from season two features a clip of DJ's and Kimmy's first kiss. My bad, the episode is titled after the film Sixteen Candles. Well, sorry. DJ's kiss to Kevin was also Candace Cameron Bure's first kiss in real life. Aw, cute. I bet it was his first kiss, too. Oh, we got some goofs. An upstairs and downstairs fireplace cannot share a chimney. I didn't think so. I really didn't think so. We got some user reviews. 10 out of 10. Entering teenagehood. This was on July 17th of 2018. I've always liked the honesty and the growth of a young woman and the peer pressures that can arise. The peer pressure is in this isn't a big deal because we all know all parties want it done. So there's a plot, but nothing mean-spirited. The good intentions make this a delight. DJ turns a big and unlucky 13. Unlucky? How is that? Un oh, 13, yeah. With girls, puberty can usually be worse than with boys. Here DJ is starting to like boys. She has her eye on a cute classmate named Kevin Gwynn. He is one that is invited to her birthday party. The rest of the Tanners agree to give DJ her privacy until they overhear them about talk about spin the bottle. Kimmy knows DJ likes Kevin, so she gets Kathy Santoni to get everyone else to fix DJ up with kissing Kevin. 
Kimmy just wants DJ's night to be special. Nothing wrong with that. Kimmy starts it and has to kiss Jake Bitterman. With DJ and Kevin's nerves on high, the rest of the family parades in to break up the kissing party. Becky has a talk with DJ about the importance of a kiss, and Kimmy explains her intentions. All of this is done well. When Kevin comes back later to give DJ the card he lost, they finally kiss. How cute. And it was Candace Cameron's very first kiss in general. That makes it even cuter. Ah, it does. It does. Alright, this is a 7 out of 10. The one with DJ's 13th birthday. This review was put on IMDb on June 9th, 2015. I really enjoyed this episode. It's funny and it's cool to see how excited DJ gets because she finally turned 13 years old. In this episode, it's DJ's 13th birthday and she couldn't be happier. She's so excited to finally be a teenager. Whilst at her party, her first boy-girl party... She has her eye on Kevin, and Kimmy thinks that playing spin the bottle will make a great impression. But when Danny, Jesse, and Joey walk in mid-game, she gets very embarrassed. Best part of the episode, when DJ wakes Stephanie up in the middle of the night because she officially turned 13. Worst part of the episode, DJ's embarrassment when Jesse, Joey, and Danny walked in. Overall, I give this a 7 out of 10, which in my ratings book is great. Great! That's Tony the Tiger's ratings for this episode. Great! So before I officially dive into this episode, if you're new to the podcast, thank you for jumping on the Tanner train. I say train a lot, don't I? (laughs) If you'd like to follow along with the podcast, there are many ways to do so. You can go to... I (laughs) am... Whoops. Sorry. Oh my goodness gracious. Okay. OMHC Full House Fuller House Pod on Instagram. You can find out about upcoming episodes. You can also answer a trivia question and get a shout out on the podcast. Speaking of, I do have a shout out to give to somebody who got the trivia question correct. Rob Egan got this question correct. And my question was... Let me find it. Alright, here's the trivia question. Which of these characters comes back for episode of Fuller House? We got A, Kevin Gwynn, B, Jake Bitterman, or C, Kathy Santoni. The the answer to this question is C, Kathy Santoni. She came back for season two of Fuller House for the reunion episode. Shame we didn't get Kevin Gwynn or Jake Bitterman as well. Maybe that would have been too much. And did Kathy Santoni even talk about, like, her husband or even her kid? Because you know she got married in high school and she had a kid in season, I believe it was season seven, the apartment episode. So if you'd like to follow along on Twitter, it is OMHC at hmm, OMHC Full House. If you would like to follow along on Facebook, you can do so at Oh My Lanta Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House Fuller House podcast page. If you'd like to send me an email, I would love to hear from you. Here if you you know, like the show and everything like that. What more? Is that noise? Oh, that's outside. Um, you can do so at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. Alright, without further ado, let's jump into this episode. I am ready. Alright, so we start the episode with a cold open. We're in DJ and Stephanie's room. It's dark. 
we hear this alarm buzzing and we shoot over to Stephanie's bed that looks like she's actually been awake. She's like, ugh, what time is it? DJ hits the alarm clock, shutting it off. She said that it's 347 and this is the moment when she came into the world. The moment she was born. And she has to turn the light on for because she's going to make a statement to Stephanie. Oh, she was, says that she was born on this date 13 years ago at 3.38. Excuse me, 3.48. Okay, when I hit 13, I did not wake myself. Granted, I was born at like 2.40 whatever in the afternoon, so... But I think that's majorly inconvenient, especially if that's a school day. It's like, are you kidding me? Really, DJ? DJ looks at herself in the mirror and says, I am officially a teenager. Because she was counting down on her digital watch the seconds until it was 348. Like, yes! I'm officially a teenager. And... DJ's looking at herself in the mirror like, oh, yes, I'm finally a teenager. We cut over to Stephanie, who's like, oh, pin a rose on your nose. She's half asleep. It's like, seriously? Come on, DJ. Stephanie doesn't care that you're turning 13. And DJ's like, oh, I got to rest up for my party tonight. Oh, and by the way, you're not invited. <sighs> I mean, like, you woke me up for that. I would be very angry, especially if it was a school day. Of course, Stephanie's response to DJ saying that is like, you know, I like you better when you were a kid. And DJ's like, well, Stephanie, those days are over because now you're sharing a room with a sophisticated, mature young woman. Like, oh my goodness gracious sake. Stephanie just puts the covers over her head like, I'm going back to sleep. This was... Not necessary, DJ. I'm going to get you back, by the way. Just be prepared for that. I'm going to embarrass you at your party with my camera and little Michelle. What time is it? 3.47. I was born on this day exactly 13 years ago at 3.48. You have an excellent memory. was over with as soon as Stephanie like put the covers overhead. No. We shoot over to DJ's bed. She's like, I'm 13! Yay! Like, ugh, stop! Okay, I was not that jazzed to become a teen. I mean, granted, yes, I was counting down the years until I could get my driver's license by the, when I was like 11 years old, but <laughs> I didn't do what she did. So we pretty much cut right to the party. We get a shot of San Francisco, it's nighttime, the party's happening. 
We get a banner that says Happy Birthday DJ. We get lavender and white colored balloons. We got a table that's got a spread of chips, punch, you name it, they got it as far as food and drinks go. Some kids got this black hat that looks like something Michael Jackson would wear. And he's all like, look at me, I'm so cool. So DJ goes to answer the door. It's actually Jake Bitterman. And she calls him Jake. I think Gibbler only calls him Bitterman. He hands her a gift, walks in right away. He and Gibbler spot each other and like, dweeb, dweebat. So, of course... Kimmy is all over DJ, like, hey, where's your future boyfriend, DJ? And DJ's like, what are you talking about? And Kimmy's like, come on, don't play coy with me. Kevin Gwynn. Like, you talk about him all the time. You love him, and you know it. And of course DJ's like, I don't love him, I just like him. Embarrassing him. Pretty much. So Kimmy's like, you like him a lot. And of course TJ's like, alright, I admit it, I like him. But only if he likes me. Oh, my lunch is almost done. So DJ's outfit here is kind of cute. She's wearing a black blazer that's got uh, embroidered uh gold fringe on the sides and it's got like little tassels and it's really it's it's cute I like it and she's got like a um a white blouse that's got like a gold running up where the buttons would be it's really I, I like it so yeah DJ answers the door Kevin's there I like his I really like his outfit um it's he's got a blue collared shirt underneath a black sweater that's got like light blue, dark blue diamonds, and his hair is, like, parted on the side and kind of combed over. That hair actually does change in the next episode, in the Just Say No Way episode. His hair is going to actually be, you know, trim. He's got, like, maybe a partial baby mullet, if you want to call it that, but it does get shorter later. So he hands her a long-shaped wrapped gift, in red wrapping paper with a red bow on top. It looks like it could be jewelry, maybe a watch or a fancy engraved pen. I'm guessing maybe, my guess, I think it's a bracelet. I think it's a bracelet. And he's like, oh, here, um, happy 13, but, um, I'm sorry I lost your card. Here's your gift. And right away, you can get that Kevin has kind of been on the shy side, and I'm like, I was into the shy guys. They were never into me. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> but I always kind of went for the quiet types, like, I guess if you want to say the kind that no other, you know, not a pop, the only time I ever went for a popular person, and it was really stupid, because I wrote them a letter saying, hey, I think we could be friends, here's my number, and the guy ended up reading it in front of his friends one morning while we were all, you know, waiting for the bell to ring to go to class. And my cousin happened to be one of his friends, and he just looked at me, just shook his head, like, I can't believe you did that. So, she's like, oh, well, I'm glad you didn't lose my address, after he says, well, I left your card. Kimmy, let's make an awkward situation even awkward. She's like, you can make this the best night of her life, the best birthday she's ever had. And Kevin kind of turns and looks at her like, what? And luckily DJ gets right in there like, well, you have to, like, excuse Kimmy. The mall's open, but nobody's shopping as she's kind of, like, tapping on Kimmy's temple like, yeah, sometimes she says stuff and she doesn't think first. Like, he's already nervous enough around DJ. Let's not add the best friend coming up and saying, oh my gosh, you can make this the best night of her life. And all three of them kind of part ways. Like, Kevin's like, oh, I'm going to go over here and mingle. Maybe sit on the stairs by myself. Now we cut to the kitchen. We, of course, have Stephanie, who is going to get DJ back. Not so much like, I'm getting you back for waking me up at like 3.48 in the morning. More like, I gotta know what's going on in the party because I'm forbidden to enter. And this is Danny, Joey, and Jesse. Stephanie's got a Polaroid around her neck like, hey, here you go, Michelle. Just go in there, take a picture of the party. That way I have an idea of what's going on really gonna notice if she like goes out onto the landing up there on the top of the steps and just peers down like on the floor nobody's gonna know nobody's gonna know both michelle and stephanie are wearing red yay I love how Stephanie opens the door for Michelle to go in there and Michelle's like, hey party, and immediately everyone like stops talking and like looks right at her like, what? What's this little baby doing in here? She's like, say cheese, I'm taking your picture. And of course, she takes the picture, goes into the kitchen and is like, I did it, I did it. Oh, let me see the picture. Stephanie pulls it out. And, of course, DJ comes in like, Ugh, Dad, Stephanie sent Michelle to spy on me. I told you I didn't want anyone in there interrupting. And Stephanie's like, look, DJ, don't have a cow, okay? It's just a picture of the ceiling. Because the way that Michelle had the camera angled upward, it's going to take a shot of the ceiling. Hey girl, let's get her again. <laughs> no, not again. 
Ach, gross. Okay, that's enough, Joey. Stop spitting in his eye. responsibly and we'll stay out of your way. I'll be right upstairs with Becky working on Monday's show. So just let us say hello to your guests, and <laughs> show them a few of your baby pictures, maybe run that video of your first bath. Hi. Sorry. <laughs> I just want to be kept quit the boy you're secretly in love with. You little sneak, you read my diary. Hey, it's not my fault you left it in the bottom of the sock drawer, the key tape under your bed, where anyone can find it. Forget about Kevin. So DJ, of course, comes in and complains, like, Dad, Stephanie sent Michelle in with a camera to take a photo of my party. Like, DJ, just go back and enjoy your party. Why do you gotta bring this up? And of course, to Stephanie's disappointment, as she's checking out the Polaroid, it's just a picture of the ceiling. It's like, don't have a cow, I didn't see anything. So I want to talk about Stephanie's sweater here. It's a red, it's a multicolored sweater. It's red. It's got a blue, a royal blue collar. It's got a light blue sleeve on one side, a light blue sleeve on the other side, but then it also has yellow on the sleeve, but on the front. Now this is not a sweater you can buy in a store. It's not a brand name sweater because probably due to budget, they had to make, you know, their own stuff, which is absolutely... You know, that's just what you gotta do sometimes. Um, they have little clown-like figurines made out of tissue paper that are pinned to the front of the sweater, and they're connected by beads. There's, like, four different, all going in, like, a long U-shape, starting at one shoulder going down to the stomach and going up to the other shoulder. It's, I don't care for it. <laughs> I really don't. So of course, Joey and Jesse come up just in time to spot DJ in the kitchen. They all grab her, the guys all grab her, plop her onto the kitchen counter and sing to her 13 candles and just rubbing their face in her face. Like, oh, we love you so much. We're going to embarrass you. And DJ is, like, trying to push Uncle Jesse's face with, like, please, we'll hear you. Like, yeah, that's a point. Apparently, they've done this to her because, hey, let's get her again. And she's like, no, not again. <laughs> I don't like how, I get it's DJ's birthday, but she is being very bossy. She's like, Stephanie, what are you doing here? You're supposed to be out with Joey. And what are the rest of you doing in the kitchen also? You're, you Basically, she's like, downstairs is off limits to the entire family because you've been banished to the upstairs. I'd be like, DJ, we did give you permission to use the living room. 
but we do have a right to be down here. I, just, I don't, I mean, I don't think just because it's your birthday you get a right to boss people around. So she, Stephanie and Joey were leaving to go to a Daffy Duck film festival. Of course, Joey's got to make emph emphasis with doing an impression of Daffy Duck. She basically is talking with a lisp and spitting in Joey's face, or Jesse's face. Like, don't, ugh. And he does it more than once. I'm like, okay, Joey, that's enough. I don't know anyone that appreciates someone spitting in their eye, even if they're doing an impression of somebody. That's gross. I mean, sure, you want to get my shirt? Sure, I'll burn the shirt later, but don't spit in my face and say it's a Daffy Duck impression, because I ain't impressed. You can get an infection from spitting in someone, someone spitting in your eye. You can. It can give you, I don't know, something. They can make you sick if they have a cold. So yeah, DJ, like, what are you doing down here anyway? I thought we had an agreement. And Danny puts a hand on her shoulder like, yes, we do have an agreement. We have an agreement that you and your friends will behave responsibly. And basically that they'll stay out of their way. Meaning you get the living room, we get the rest of the house. You're not going to commandeer the entire lower floor of the house. There'd be no reason for her friends to go into the kitchen. The bathrooms aren't in there. So everyone's kind of got their own thing going on. Danny's going to be upstairs rehearsing with Rebecca for uh, Monday's show at Wake Up San Francisco. It's a tango segment. <clears throat> of course, we'll get more into that later. Becky just loves, they love to do things on, the sh on Wake Up San Francisco that make Danny look goofy, that make him look foolish. But Danny is not going to let this go. Like, look, DJ, please, let's just let us say hi to your guests because we're not going to stop bothering you until you let us do this. Of course, Danny takes it a little too far. He's like, oh, we can show him some of your baby pictures, run that tape of your first bath. And she's like, no, don't do that, please. Ew. Yeah, those kids aren't going to. Why would you want to embarrass your daughter on her birthday? Ew. Of course, Stephanie's got her little on a dent agenda here about why she wants to see that party. She wants to see this boy that Steph uh, DJ is in love with. Who she who DJ is secretly in love with. And of course, DJ turns to Stephanie like, You little snake, you read my diary. Of course, I love how Stephanie's like, Oh, well, I mean, you left it under your pillowcase, in your pillowcase. With the key taped under your mattress where anybody who's anybody who knows how to snoop could find it. The thing with Stephanie being a snoop, guys, this is a thing that carries over from season to season. Um, it does come to a head in an episode, uh, I think it might be later this season, where Stephanie is so nosy, she breaks the lock on DJ's diary and ends up getting it, like, super glued to her hand. Joey finds out. They gotta fix it. And the reason she and DJ, DJ finally has it out with her, like, I don't get why you are so into my stuff. You're reading my diary. Want to know about my day every second that I come home. How did your day go, DJ? Who'd you talk to? Blah, blah, blah. And 
It's just that her older sister fascinates her. You know, I was the same way with my sister. I would look in her dresser drawers and I would find her red wallet that smelled like big red, you know, gum. I would notice the the little mini phone book thing that, or, you know, address book that she had in the back of it. And I would look up the boyfriends that she had. I'd always tease her, but like, oh, you're dating so-and-so? You were just dating that person. <laughs> yeah. That just, yeah, it makes me think, like, yeah, I definitely was a Stephanie. Nicole was definitely the DJ. Because our ages are right around what Stephanie and DJs were. In season one, Stephanie was four, DJ was ten. That's right around a six-year age difference, so. So DJ finally gives him, like, all right, fine. We'll go in, we'll say hello, you'll go off on your way, and you all do your separate things. Which Jesse's thing is pretty much just hanging out with Michelle in her room, and then Comet comes in. Because you know that Comet, he was the one that Michelle picked because he liked Jesse's bed, so of course he's going to follow Jesse all over the house. As soon as they cross the, cross the threshold into the living room, Stephanie's like, which one's Kevin? And of course DJ's like, shut up. She says, oh, everybody, here is my family. They just want to say hi. Say hi, everybody. Hello. And then a party's like, hi. Awkwardly like, what? And DJ's like, now they're leaving. So they're saying goodbye. 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 And of course, Stephanie, love how she did this. Bye, Kevin. And of course, Kevin's like, bye. <laughs> and she's like, just him. <laughs> I thought that was adorable. Such a Stephanie move. If you watch this episode, um, if you have Hulu, you can actually watch the episodes, all eight seasons. There's a boy here that actually is in the episode Good News, Bad News. It's the one where DJ is running the school paper. And, of course, Kimmy gets named sports editor and Jake Bitterman throws a fit. Anyway, there's a boy here that really doesn't say much. But he's got, like, strawberry blonde hair. He's wearing a red turtleneck in this one. But I noticed him. It's like, he's not, I don't think he's in the credits. No, he's not. Because that other boy, um, Elliot's in the, I want to see if we can find Elliot. Because he's in, he's, he must have a line or something. Because he's in the credits. He's in the thing on IMDb. DJ, I'd date him. He's so cute. He's, he, he's just the type that I'd be looking for. You know, I said I like the quiet boys that, you know, no one else is into. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, I love, I love his outfit. I love, his hair could use a little work. I like it better in the Just Say No episode, but he is my favorite. I love, love, love you, Kevin. I love you so much. I'm 36 years old. I'm too old for you. <laughs> Back then in, in uh, this 1980-something uh, episode. Oh, well, the rest of the family, DJ shuts the door on them. Steph manages to sneak through, goes over to the buffet of treats table with the punch, with the soda, with the chips, with the popcorn and pretzels. This buffet of snack treats. Yum, yum, yum. She's like, oh, so, uh, yeah, you're Kevin Gwynn. I've, um... I've read so much about you. And he's looking at her like, what? <laughs> he's trying to be polite and everything. And of course, DJ right away 
snuffs that plan out. I know what you're doing, Stephanie. You're trying to suss out information out of Kevin. You're not gonna. The way when she says, I've read so much about you, and he, this look, like, this little, like, chuckle, like, oh, really? You've read about me, huh? She's written about me? Like, ooh. That's insider information you're giving to Kevin. You're giving to him, Steph. But DJ's like, Stephanie, for the last time, get out and stay out. And, of course, classic line, how? And DJ's like, rude. Bye. Pushes her out the door. Like, out, 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 out. So, now we head up to Michelle's room. Have I mentioned, I know I've mentioned on the podcast how much I love that, I want that pencil bed. But instead of pencils, I want stacks of books for, um, the, the footrests for the part of the head. Oh, that would be so great. I don't think it'll ever happen unless someone custom makes it for me. And I would want the books, like, painted with actual book titles, like To Kill a Mockingbird, The Outsiders, um, other books that I like. We see her little round table's been pushed to the side. It has a little music box, which might be playing a little bit of music. And she's dancing with this stuffed Bugs Bunny. It definitely looks like something you would win at a carnival, like when you get the big, big prize. And it's just, it's adorable. It's just right around her size so she can dance with it. I love also how, because you know Steph and Joey, they got their own thing. They're going to the festival. They're kind of pretty much out the door. They're gone. Um, And this pretty much just leaves Jesse and Michelle to hang out because you know that Danny and Rebecca have, you know, the thing. They're working on the tango session and his bedroom for uh wake up san francisco so this is cute she's able to entertain herself i was able to entertain myself at a young age i had a really good imagination i could make stories with anything i had this um tin of crayons that i don't know why but i could just envision in my head like they're people or something and they come to life and i create stories i did the same thing when i was like maybe around three four years old when i was like on the the uh the seat the chair doing dishes and i pretended like the fork and the spoon and the knife were all like people and they're like at a big pool party or something and i just uh, it's just amazing the imagination of a child how you can entertain yourself and jesse's kind of leaning his head against the door frame he's just kind of watching he's like oh now this is a party this is adorable yeah Got singing, dancing, crazy wabbits. He's not crazy. Hold it, furball. Why are you always follow me around? The doggy can't talk. Oh, that. Hey, you. Out. Hey. Comet loves you. All right, come here. Comet, I'm gonna teach you who's the master and who's the mud around here, okay? Teach you a very simple command. All the dogs know it. It's very simple. It's called sit. Okay, you ready? Sit. <laughs> sit. Put your butt on the carpet, dog. Be nice to the doggy. Sit, Comet. 
Okay. Yeah, he knows he's in a treat. Cookie? I'd like to give him a cookie, pumpkin. He'd be nice. All right. I'm going to dig deep into my soul and try to be nice to this mud. Hello, Comet. <laughs> Comet, you're such a pretty dog. <laughs> Comet, Pooh, why don't you try sitting, huh, pal? Come on, Comet. Will you sit for me, Pally? Come on. Here, it's very simple. Here, let me show you how it's done. You simply put your back legs down and see how I'm doing it? See, Comet? I'm sitting. Very good, you. You're the cookie. That was cute. That was so adorable. I think in the syndicated version, they cut out that last part where Jesse's actually being nice to comment. Now, in the hallway, I just wanted to note a couple things. We got a couple pictures. We got one of Stephanie in a bunny costume, which is from... I think that's from a cold open that was about Halloween, but it was only in that cold open because Michelle was dressed as a pumpkin in season two. Um, I believe DJ was dressed as Cleopatra because she couldn't be Elvira. It's like, well, if you know about Elvira, she's got the, uh, accentuating the, um, chest area. So, yeah, V, V cut dress. <laughs> no, my grandma even vetoed that with my sister who was probably right around DJ's age. Maybe a couple years older. Yeah. And then the second one looks like a shot of DJ in that horse barn when she was hanging around uh, Rocket the horse. So, Jesse comes into Michelle's room. Of course, Comet's trailing him because you know if that puppy were in that party, everyone would be like, Oh my gosh, the puppy! Let's pet the puppy! Oh, I want to hold the puppy! They would not be focusing on the party. They'd be focusing on Comet. So Comet here looks to be maybe about 12 weeks old, so they probably had him for like about a month or so. And he doesn't have the fuzzy fur like, you know, they do when they're probably like eight, nine weeks old with their big old, you know, plump and fuzzy. Because he's starting to get that downy type fur, it looks like, where it's starting to straighten. And of course, Jesse's like, why are you always following me around? He's calling him furball and stuff like that. Michelle's noticing this, like, be nice to the doggy. Oh, she says, well, the doggy can't talk. And he, he's like, I know that. And Jesse just wants Comet out of the, go, go, go away. Go away, dog. And I love Michelle's like, well, Comet loves you. Like, he does. He loves everybody because he's a golden retriever and they love everybody. So Jesse takes this opportunity to teach Comet a trick, get him to sit his fanny on the floor, sets him down, says, all right, and he takes Comet's face in his hand, like he's got, like, he's kind of strong arm in that uh, puppy's jaw there, like, you, sit, you're about on the floor. Because he pulls Comet from a sitting position up, so that way he can say, okay, sit down. And Comet is just not wanting to do it or he's not wanting to you know do that for jesse because there's a trick to it jesse's like sit sit he's being polite at first like get your butt on the carpet dog of course michelle's like be nice to the doggy sit comet and we cut to a, a shot of comet where he's clearly being 
um, instructed by a trainer off screen because the way he sits, his eyes are looking at that trainer. And then we cut back to Michelle, who's got the cookie, gives it to Common. And she's like, see? It's got to be nice to the puppy. Oh, that looks like a little dog biscuit. Okay, it wasn't like a chocolate chip cookie because we know that chocolate kills dogs. I like how being that the puppy wrangler offset is really, they got a good puppy here. He's not, like, running around crazy. He's not trying to chew on John Stamos' clothes or anything like that. He's really docile, which is great. And, of course, Jesse's like, all right, I'm going to pull from the bottom of my soul here, and I'm going to take your advice, Michelle, and be nice. And he just starts talking in a baby voice like, Come and sweetie, can you please sit on the carpet for me? Oh, can you be, look, here, watch, I'm demonstrating. See, my butt's on the carpet too. Can you mimic what I'm doing? Oh, he's like saying, oh, come, come, you're such a pretty dog. It's just, it's unlike Jesse, just, it's cute. He calls him Comet Poo. <laughs> I love how they cut to Michelle's, like, <laughs> little, like, funny, she's making a funny face, like, <laughs> like, oh, because she's like, oh, no, Jesse's not normally this sweet, but, <laughs> and the fact that she knows that Uncle Jesse, maybe he's not really big into comment, like, maybe he's not a huge fan of dogs, so seeing this side come out of Jesse, like, he's really digging deep to bring this out of him, it's just kind of, it's goofy to watch. That puppy's got its tail between its legs. That makes me a little nervous. Of course, Michelle's like, very good. You get a cookie, Uncle Jesse. Uh, I think there might have been a crumb there because uh, I noticed Comet was sniffing around the floor. Like, I know there's some more here. I know there. Now we're cutting back to the party downstairs. Okay, so this is Elliot because Kimmy goes over to Ste um, Stephanie. <laughs> Stephanie on the brain. Uh, she goes over to DJ and says, DJ, why are you dancing with Elliot? I mean, your party's almost over. You should be dancing with Kevin. And, of course, DJ's been waiting for Kevin to actually ask her. Deej, you know Kevin's kind of shy. You might want to kind of initiate that yourself. Kind of like how I was the one that initiated my first kiss with Jeremy. Yeah. Not that he eventually wouldn't have gotten there, but I decided I'm going to take matters into my own hands. I'm going to do it. I'm going to initiate it. We got two people in the background. This girl who's wearing a blue and black blazer. And we got the the red turtleneck boy. They're, I guess they're dancing together, but they're so far apart. You could fit that armchair between them. There's that much space. And Kimmy's like, well, look. I know he hasn't asked you, but go ask him. Look, it's simple. Hey, Bitterman, you want to dance? And Bitterman's like, yeah, sure. Maybe later I'm helping DJ. <laughs> like, see, it's that simple. It's that easy. The thing is with Kimmy, she's got no qualms. She's got no issues with confidence. She just lays it all out there. She does her thing. She's no lower self-esteem for this girl. DJ, on the other hand... I mean, in her eyes, maybe she likes the idea that he asks her. I think, and I get it, like, in a way, if they ask you, that means they're interested. Whereas if you ask them, that fear or rejection of them saying no. I mean, he came to your party, DJ. Come on, you ask him. You're the birthday girl. You ask him to dance, he's going to dance with you. Come on. He's not going to say no. He likes you. Party's almost over. Why are you dancing with Elliot? You should be dancing with Kevin Gwynn. 
I would, but Kevin didn't ask me. We'll go ask him. It's easy. Watch. Bitterman, want to dance? Yeah, why not? Maybe later. I'm busy. See? Nothing to it. He's coming over. Now's your perfect chance. <laughs> this is a cool party. Thanks. You're a good dancer. I was watching you. You're good, too. Think so? Yeah. Was he dancing by himself? Well, I'm gonna go get some punch. Okay. Oh, Kevin. Kathy, you gotta help me get DJ and Kevin together. They are so shy. Don't worry. I know the perfect way. So it looks like Kevin's coming over to ask her to dance, but you know, he's nervous. He's kind of rubbing his hands on his pants. He's nervous. And he's like, oh, um, this is a great party, DJ. And she's like, oh, yeah? You're a good dancer. And he's like, oh, yeah, I was watching you. So are you. And you look, he, he looks like he's like, um, I'm going to get something over here at the banquet table. And you see that he's kind of clenching his fist. He's frustrated. It's like, that was probably his shot to ask her. And he just, he went for the safe route. Like, I'm going to excuse myself over here while I build up my courage again. And of course, DJ didn't really say much of anything either. So that gets a head shake. Like, oh, DJ, you're so close. You just didn't. Anyway, uh, she... Kimmy, oh Kimmy, I know sweetie, I know you got great ideas, great ideas. This one's going to kind of blow up in your face and it's going to lead to embarrassment for DJ and Kevin. But Kimmy goes over to see Kathy Santoni like, hey look, you got to help me get Kevin and DJ together. I mean, it's her birthday, I want it to be special. And Kathy's like, don't worry, I got the perfect idea. So they all gather some of the other girls, like, hey, look, we're thinking about playing Spin the Bottle. And not only that, we're actually going to try to rig it so that way it works out that DJ and Kevin kiss because they want to get together, but they're really, really shy. So yeah, that's basically how it's going to go down. Okay, now we're going upstairs to Danny's room where he and Becky, she's got a little, um, stereo, mini, um, Stereo there. She's going to be playing some tango music. And Danny is like, come on, Rebecca. Does Wake Up San Francisco really need to have a tango segment? She's like, yes, of course it does. Because he's like, you know I'm going to make a total fool of myself. She's like, yeah, exactly. That's why we have to have it. Because the audience loves to watch you mess up. That's the... the the point of the show is comedic appeal, Danny, and watching you do things that embarrass yourself and you make a fool of yourself, that's what gets the ratings in, Danny. That's why we had to keep doing these things. That's why we had you milk a goat last time when we went to that barn. Yeah. So, Becky is definitely an expert in the tango because she's letting Danny in on, like, the little secret. Like, just you feel it in your body and just go with it. Oh, she says it's attitude, yeah. So Danny gets into the mood by calling, you know, putting his slickest hair back, calls her senorita. And of course, what does he do? He ends up stepping. She's wearing heels, by the way. He's wearing tennis shoes. Or are those loafers? Either. I honestly would say take the heels off, take the shoes off, just work barefoot. You're on carpet, so. 
Oh, I think the front of his foot kicks the back of her heel. Okay, that's what happens. Of course, Jesse comes in. It's like, what's going on in here? May I? And of course, Danny's like, go for it. Yes, of course. She's your girlfriend. Show me how it's done. Yeah, because you get the chemistry going between Jesse and Becky. And it's just going to be an awesome show. I look here, Danny does have his own shower. So technically, there's an episode way down the road. I think it's season eight. Yeah, no, at the end of season seven, the the they were going to sell the house and they didn't. DJ was complaining because she had to, like, take a shower because she had to get ready for a date. It's like, your dad's bathroom and his bedroom is right around the... It's, like, right next to that. Just use that one. Or you know that Jesse and Becky have one upstairs. And I love how Jesse and Becky get into the tango and Danny's just sitting there like, oh my gosh, wow, how do they do it? Because <laughs> Danny was all, uh, fumble feet. And Jesse dips her, and of course he says his line, Have yeah, mercy! <laughs> he says, Tiene mercy! Like, okay, I guess that means have. Well, Joey and Steph got back from their Daffy Duck thing. That was fast. <laughs> what was it, an hour? And it, of course we get a laughter break here, because uh, Becky's got her, uh, her mouth open, and Joey's like, Oh, wow, Becky, you got a lot of fillings. And, of course, Jesse asked the wrong thing. Like, hey, how was the Daffy Duck Festival? And, of course, Joey's like, Damn, it's 30 stumbling. I can't do it. <laughs> Just another excuse to spit in that poor man's eye. Ugh. Okay, guess what? That fireplace that's in Danny's room leads right into the one that's down in the living room. Kimmy, you got a loud production. Projective voice. It's just, you can hear it right up that, um, that fireplace shaft or whatever you want to call it. Because she's like, all right, Aaron, Elliot, turn off the lights. Who wants to spin the bottle first? And the boys are all like, spin the bottle? Because they're like, hey, we can hear what's going on at DJ's party. It's like, you can go out your door a few steps to that rail, the landing out there, the railing, and hunker down on the floor, and you could definitely hear. But you can hear it loud and clear coming out of that fireplace. She's right, she's right. Now we gotta stop and think of some legitimate <laughs> excuses. Then we barge in like a SWAT team. First we get some for this headache. How about some aspirin? Yeah, good one there, Jess. So the way that Danny's like, hey, we can spy on DJ's party. It almost makes me think like that's their inner teenage boy coming out of them, like, hey. 
Of all the girls' parties we ever wanted to spy on, this is our chance. And I bet, I just bet, how many parties that Pam probably had with her girlfriends did Jesse try to sneak a peek or try to eavesdrop on? Because he's the little brother. Yeah. And you know that um, Danny supposedly had an older, si younger sister named Wendy, I thought, right? Well, but he supposedly had another sister, we don't know her name. Produced Cousin Steve, so, but then again, in other episodes, it's like, they're never referenced, so these sisters cease to exist. Joey, we know, is an only child, so, but of course, Becky's like, come on, guys, because when Cammy's like, who wants to spin the bottle first, the boys are like, spin the bottle, and of course, their heads are in that little, um, that fireplace area, they bang the back of their heads. Becky's like, well, serves you right for that. They're like, all right, we got to go down there and break this up. This is very inappropriate. Becky's like, look, this is her first boy-girl party. You're going to embarrass her. And Jesse's like, right, right, right. Um, well, we got to come up with some fancy schemes to make it look like we're not actually breaking up her party. Which, in a way, they're still embarrassing regardless. So the lights are off, everyone's in a circle, we got the bottle, ketchup bottle here, and DJ immediately excuses herself, like, I'm gonna get more punch, anyone want more punch? I'm gonna, and of course, Kimmy gets up, like, DJ, come on, you're the birthday girl, you gotta play. I'd be like, you gotta go first, it's your birthday. Oh, it's more punch. DJ, you're the birthday girl, you gotta play. Hey, we're gonna spin or what? Sit Chill, down, Bitterman. Bitterman. I'll go first. And the lucky winner is... Oh, no! Ew. It landed on Bitterman. Ew! You gotta kiss him, that's the rules. Okay, that was my practice spin. You don't get a uh, practice spin. You gotta kiss him. Yep. Okay, let's get this over with. Whoa, baby! It was a mouth kiss. There was no tongue. Sit back okay, down. Okay, Kevin. You're next. Someone else can go. Come on. Everybody's waiting. Oh, poor Kevin. All right, DJ. That hey, doesn't you're gonna count. Set me up. So what? Don't you want to kiss Kevin? Let's go, Kev. Plan one on her. Oh my God. Come on, Beach. What are you waiting for?
gotta go. I just, well, happy birthday. Aw, Kevin. Thanks for coming. Kevin, Kimmy. Thanks a lot, Kimmy. Everybody have fun. Yeah. Kimmy's up first. She spins the bottle. Well, the thing is that Bitterman's getting a little answer. Like, hey, you gonna spin or what? It's like, chill, Bitterman. You keep that in your pants. You chill. So, Kimmy goes first. Boom. Who's it land on? It lands on Bitterman. And she's like, ugh. And even Bitterman's like, ugh. Like, all right, that was my practice spin. I'm with Kathy Santoni. like, uh-uh, you don't get a practice spin. You gotta kiss him. So they're like, all right, let's get this over with. And they stand in a circle, and then they kiss, and it's a peck on the lips. And they're like, fireworks, whoa, baby, like, come on, guys. You're 13. You're not eight years old. Granted, I was more impressed with the Vedum Thomas J kiss, and my girl was a lot better, and that was just a peck. So this is really cruel what they do to Kevin. They put him in a situation that he's clearly not comfortable in. DJ's definitely not comfortable. They put this pressure all on Kevin's shoulders like, Oh, all right, Kevin, your turn. You spin. And the way that Kathy Santoni grabs his arm and like pulls him into the circle like, Your turn. And he's like, well, someone else could go. And she's like, everybody's waiting. So he spins it. Everybody but DJ gets up and backs away. And they're like, yeah, right, DJ, you got what you wanted. It's like, it's not even pointing at her. I'm like, that doesn't count. That doesn't count. So, yeah, now they're up there. It's like, oh, boy. And DJ's like, hey, you guys set me up. And, of course, Kimmy's, like, hauling DJ up off the floor. It's like, so what? So what if we did? Don't you want to kiss Kevin? Like, you can't, this isn't how it's supposed to be. <laughs> Nobody wants their first kiss to be in front of everybody like that. Bitterman, you're not helping. When he's like, he slaps a hand on Kevin's shoulder like, Hey, Kev, go, plant one on her, dude. Like, and he looks at him like, he like shrinks like five sizes, poor Kevin does. And Kimmy, she's being a bad friend. She's going to get my... Who was the worst this episode? Even though I don't think I've created that th award yet. But for this episode, uh, yeah. Because DJ and Kevin creep closer together. And meanwhile, Kimmy is like right in their face. Like, DJ, what are you waiting for? Come on, kiss, 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 kiss. Like, everyone wants to see it. And then you got Kevin and DJ across from each other. And they're like, I think they want us to kiss. And of course... I think you're right. And it's like, it's so awkward and uncomfortable. And, of course, Bitterman's like, come on, guys, kiss, kiss, kiss. Let's see it. Let's see it. Luckily, Danny comes in, turns the lights on, and just, boom. Tension is luckily off of them now. Joey comes up with a, down, from downstairs, he comes downstairs with a bowl of, like, peanut, bags of peanuts, popcorn, throwing them at the kids. Jesse comes in the door, how he managed that. He probably went outside from the back and then came all the way around the house. It's like, hey, I got uh, Uncle Jay's no-touching music. Like, what? Like, hey, who you want to dance with? And all the girls like, oh, I want to dance with you. It's like, no, no, the, the, the one's over there. <laughs> Danny, of course, takes a ketchup bottle. Like, hey, there's that ketchup bottle I've been looking for. Let's find a hamburger, shall we? Like, ugh. 
And of course, Jesse's like making sure that everyone's like spaced like 12 inches apart from each other. Like, space is your friend. And then they go in to the, the guys go into the kitchen. DJ's upset. Like, Kimmy, why did you do this? Thanks a lot. Poor Kevin. It's like, I, I, happy birthday, DJ. I have to leave. Oh, you scared him off. Kimmy, you scared him off. And of course, DJ's like, thanks a lot, Kimmy. But now she's going to go let the guys have it. Like, thanks for ruining my birthday. It's like, I get where she's coming from, but I also see Danny's point as being the responsible parent of a bunch of kids that are in his house. So when she goes in, DJ goes into the kitchen, Joey's got a soda in his hand, Danny's sitting in a chair, and Jesse's over by Danny. And right away, DJ lashes out at them, saying, thanks a lot for spying on me. And... Danny right away is apologetic, like, look, we didn't mean to. And she's like, really? You could have fooled me. And she looks at Joey like, peanuts, popcorn, you could have fooled me. Uncle Jay with no touching music. Oh, there's that ketchup bottle I was looking for. And I gotta hand it to Danny. He takes control of this right away. It's like, excuse me, why all these children are in my house? I am responsible for them, and I'm pretty sure their parents wouldn't want them playing kissing games in my house. I'm not going to be responsible for that. I don't want to be the one that's going to be fielding questions from parents. I'm just happy that was spin the bottle and not like seven minutes in the closet or seven minutes in heaven or whatever else other games there are out there that boys and girls play together when they're teenagers. And of course... DJ's like, well, how did you even know we were playing Spin the Bottle? Were you listening at the door? And of course, Joey's like, no, the fireplace. And of course, Jesse has to, like, smack him upside the head. It's like, DJ, I get that you're upset, but you gotta realize you're talking back to your dad. I know that you're upset, but you need to dial it down a bit. I would never have spoke to my dad that way. If I did, I knew what would happen. I'm surprised. I mean, if Danny were like someone else's parent, he's like, you know what, DJ, you do not speak to me this way. I made my decision. You were behaving irresponsibly. Now all your friends can go home and you can go sit in your room for the rest of your rest of the night. <laughs> bottle I've been looking for. DJ, as long as these kids are in my house, I'm responsible for them. And I don't think their parents would appreciate me letting them play spin the bottle. How did you know about it anyway? Were you listening at the door? No, the fireplace. <laughs> DJ, about these kissing games. Dad, I didn't even... I wasn't even... I never... Forget it. I can't talk to you about this. Thanks for ruining my birthday. DJ. Who are you really mad at, DJ? What happened? She hates me. Oh, she doesn't hate you. She hates anybody. She hates me. I'm the one who came up with that Uncle Jay stuff. You have to realize that DJ's a teenager now. This is a really confusing time in her life. <sighs> Times like this, I really wish DJ had a mother. Becky, would you do me a huge favor? No, Danny, I won't marry you. <laughs> but I will talk to DJ. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. 
guys, maybe we need to relax. I mean, all three of us played spin the bottle when we were kids. I remember my best spin ever. Diane Van Zandt. Ah, mercy. <laughs> what about you guys? Colleen, Colleen Finnegan. Finnegan. <laughs> when? Eighth grade. Seventh grade. <laughs> So this is kind of the wrong approach. Like, Danny, she's a teenager. She doesn't want to talk about kissing games with you. She's like, I can't even talk to you about this. I wasn't, I didn't even, it wasn't my, basically wasn't my idea. She's like, thanks for ruining my birthday. And I'm like, DJ, who are you really angry at right now? I'd be focused all my anger on Kimmy. Because she started that whole thing to begin with. I know that her intentions were good, but... It led to embarrassment for two people that really, you didn't, there was too much pressure on them. DJ goes upstairs, Danny is like, oh, she hates me, as Becky comes downstairs and is like, what happened? And they explain they kind of busted up the spin the bottle party, and she hates us, she hates us. And I love that Becky is bringing in a woman's perspective here. It's like, you guys need to understand, DJ is a teenager now. This is a very confusing time for her. And Danny's like, you know, I, I, get, I really wish, you know, times like these that she had a mother on. A mother, not her mother. Like, I really wish Pam were here to be able to field these questions that she has. Luckily, Becky's come into the picture at just the right time because at some point or another... Stephanie's gonna have to deal with stuff like this. We don't even get, if the show went on, maybe we'd see Michelle having to deal with these problems. But we don't get that part because they canceled the show when she was nine. And if you want to call that Valentine's Day episode where she and Teddy agree to be dates for a Valentine's class party, something, and then they break up. I mean, that's kind of similar. So, Danny's like, Becky, could you? And she looks at him like, no, Danny, I won't marry you. <laughs> I like laugh at that every time. She's like, but I will talk to DJ. So, while Becky heads upstairs, the guys reminisce about some of their spin-the-bottle memories. Like, oh, I remember when I kissed this girl. Jesse's like, uh, Suzanne Van Sant or something. Like, have mercy. And then, of course, Colleen Finnegan is who Danny and Joey had kissed. Granted, Danny said, well, 8th grade. They're like, when? Danny's like, 8th grade? And Joey's like, 7th grade. <laughs> yeah. Aww, we got her hugging the pillow person. Is everyone still downstairs partying without the birthday girl? I would have like said, alright guys, party's over, go home. <laughs> But she's clutching the pillow person to her chest. Becky knocks on the door. DJ is, of course, look, you don't have, it's okay, you don't have to say anything. I, can you please leave? And Becky is like, um, can I borrow five bucks? That gets DJ off the bed to open the door like, I'm this upset and all you want to do is borrow money. So I'm going to play this clip. This is a sweet moment. Where, yes, DJ does need an older female perspective to try to get her on the right path again. Like, look, I understand that this was very embarrassing. Your first kiss is very, very special and should be treated as such. 
to talk about it. DJ, it's Becky. <laughs> what is it? Can I borrow five bucks? <laughs> what? I'm this upset and all you want to do is borrow money? No. But I got you to open the door. <laughs> Joey and Uncle Jesse came barging into my party right when Kevin and I were. Never mind. Deej, whatever you say is just between you and me. You know that, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> so what happened? Becky. No, we were playing spin the bottle, and they set it up so Kevin and I were gonna kiss. I really like him, and I kind of wanted to, but I didn't want to, you know? Because everybody was watching, and I've never kissed anyone before. TJ, you should never do something just because people want you to do it. A kiss is a very special, very personal thing, especially your first kiss. I was a little scared. Everybody's scared about their first kiss. Kimmy wasn't. Never go by Kimmy. Yeah. <laughs> but I was scared about my first kiss. It was at a school picnic. <laughs> Jimmy Stone and I had just won the three-legged race. And then we went for a walk down by the pond, which wasn't easy because we were still tied together. <laughs> and we both went to untie the knot, and we bumped heads. And we started laughing so hard that we fell over. And then he kissed me. I'll never forget that. Oh, mine's that nice. It will be. You just wait for the right time with the right guy. How will I know? You listen to your heart. to talk to the guys and my dad about this kind of stuff. Well, I'm always here for you. But don't forget, no matter what your problem is, your dad and Uncle Jesse and Joey are always on your side because I love you very much. Now, get back to your party. Thanks, Becky. <laughs> Why couldn't I just do that to Kevin? <laughs> So DJ opens the door to let Becky in and she's like, I'm this upset and you just want to borrow money. And of course, Becky's like, no, but uh, can you open the door? <laughs> so DJ walks away from Becky and her head is down. She's really upset about this. And she's like, do you want to talk about it? And DJ turns to face Becky says there's nothing to talk about dad Joey and uncle Jesse burst into my party when Kevin and I were just about to and then she turns away and says never mind <clears throat> and I like what Becky does here she says Deej you know that whatever we talk about is just between us right and DJ says yeah I, I know so she's just you know trying to get you know, DJ to open up and everything like that. And, you know, first kisses, they are something special. And you don't just want to to waste it on just anybody. 
And sometimes it's a first kiss that you, you let happen on its own. Like with, with Becky's story. I mean, she wasn't even expecting it. And it turned out to be a sweet, beautiful memory. So DJ goes over to sit on um, Stephanie's toy box. And Becky sits on Stephanie's bed. And DJ does start to open up about the fact that well, we were playing spin the bottle, and everyone kind of set it up so Kevin and I would kiss. And I really like him, and I wanted to, but I didn't want to because everyone was watching. And I love how Becky starts with, DJ, you should never do anything because somebody else wants you to. And DJ admits she's never kissed anyone before. It's like, that's got to be extremely awkward. Like, you're having this personal moment between you and another person, and everyone is, like, right in your face. Like, they're throwing it off like it's a big deal to them just to watch somebody kiss. Like, they want to, like, be a part of this. It's like, no. I like the end result here that we'll get to in a moment. Which was just perfect. And I love how Becky describes how a kiss is a very personal, a very special and a personal thing between two people. And she adds, especially your first kiss. Yes! And DJ admits she was a little scared. And Becky's like, honey, everybody's scared about their first kiss. It's just normal. Of course, DJ throws back, well, Kimmy wasn't, and Becky's like, never go by Kimmy's example. That's because, you know, she and Kimmy are different. Kimmy does not lack the confidence. She is completely 100% sure of herself. Whereas DJ, it's like, a kiss, I think, to DJ is more meaningful. It really means something, where... As with Kimmy and Bitterman, it was more of a, just like, let's get this over with. It means nothing. And sometimes, honestly, your, your first kiss may not be all that you want it to be. But you know what? The kiss that matters is the one that means the most to you. Is the one that you're going to remember for the rest of your life. And I call that, honestly, a... a the kiss, the kiss that you'll build your life upon. The kiss with the person you'll spend the rest of your life with. And you'll build a, a, a life with and everything. That's the kiss that matters. So, Becky admits she was scared about her first kiss. And she goes into the story about how she and Jimmy Stone were on a school class picnic. And they had just won the three-legged race. And they decided to go for a walk, which was kind of hard because their, you know, legs are still tied together. And they both bent down at the same time to untie the knot, and they bumped heads, and they were just laughing so hard about it. And then he leaned over and kissed her. And, yeah, it was beautiful because she wasn't expecting it. It was a sweet moment. And she tells DJ, she's like, I will never forget that kiss. And DJ says, I hope mine's that nice. And, of course... Becky's like, it will be. At the right time with the right guy. And you're going to know it in your heart. And DJ's like, how will I know when it's the right time and the right guy? And Becky says, you'll know in your heart. Just listen to it. I like 
like that, you know, she does say, thank you for talking to me. It's really hard to talk to my dad and the guys about this kind of stuff. She says, I am always here for you, DJ. And don't forget your dad, Uncle Jesse, and Joey are always going to be on your side, no matter what your problem is. Which, I mean, I get it, but then going forward to the Just Say No episode, they really don't back her up. They don't believe her and everything. And I'll get to that episode when I get to that, but... I love how she says that. She's like, I love you very much, DJ. This is just so sweet. And she's just Jesse's girlfriend. She's not his fiance yet. It's just, you know, she's spending time with these these girls and just being involved in their lives. And she's becoming that mother figure to them that they need when they can't talk to the guys about certain things. And, of course, Becky's like, alright, you go back down to your party and... DJ and Becky hug, and DJ kisses her on the side of the face. He's like, why couldn't I just do that to Kevin? It's like, well, because everybody was watching you, and it's just, no. Your first kiss shouldn't be with people staring at you. DJ comes downstairs just in time to say goodbye to all the people that are leaving. I love Michelle holding the door and saying, bye, drive safety. So I'm going to play this clip. Kimmy does apologize. Like, I'm sorry. I hope you're not mad at me for that spin the bottle stuff. So, um, yeah, Kimmy apologizes. Bitterman comes up with her jet, with her purse. Like, hey, you ready to go, babe? And <laughs> Kimmy looks at DJ like, I'm a babe, as they walk off. Yeah, you know that's not going anywhere, clearly. <laughs> as soon as they hit that doorstep, like, all right, Bitterman, beat it, get out of here. So DJ goes into the kitchen. She does apologize. Look, I'm sorry I lashed out at you. You didn't ruin my birthday. I was just going through some stuff. Danny's like, do you want to talk about it? And DJ's like, well, no, I'm feeling a lot better, but don't worry. I'm sure I'll have loads of problems to come to you guys with. I love Joey's reaction, like, well, we sure hope so. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's a knock on the door, and it's Kevin. He's returned with the card. And, of course, DJ's like, guys, can you, like, get out of here? <laughs> so, uh, Danny excuses himself to clean up the living room. Joey's going to go watch. And Jesse is going to continue to obedience train Comet, who is down in his cardboard box. And, of course, DJ does apologize to Kevin. Like, look, I'm sorry about the whole spin the bottle thing. That was Kimmy's idea. She actually thinks we'd make the perfect couple. And I like how Kevin's getting his confidence back. He's like, well, you can't be wrong all the time. So I'm going to play the clip. Hi. Kevin, right? Yeah. Is it okay if I talk to DJ? Sure. Come on in. DJ, it's for you. Hi, Kevin. Hi. Oh, I'll, uh, I'll just go clean up the living room. Oh, I'll just go watch him. Uh, I'll just continue uh, my obedience training with Comet. Heal, Comet. Heal, boy. Oh, uh, Comet, heal. Comet, let's... Let's heal, see? There we go. This is us healing. There we go. I'm you. You're healing me. See there? We'll be in the living room healing. 
I found your birthday card. You came back just to give me this? And to tell you I had nothing to do with that spin-the-bottle setup. I know, it was Kimmy's idea. She thinks we're the perfect couple. Hey, nobody can be wrong all the time. Well, happy birthday. Uh, wait, I'll walk you out. Thanks again for my present. You're welcome. And thanks for coming back with the card. No problem. Well, bye. Bye. See you in Algebra Monday. I'll be there. <laughs> So Kevin actually is one way to admit, like, hey, look, I didn't have anything to do with that spin the bottle game. And that's where DJ says, no, actually, it was Kimmy's idea. She thinks we're the perfect couple. And Kevin says, well, can't be wrong all the time. So he brings her card, like, hey, um, I guess I better get going. And she's like, oh, I'll walk you out. And I like how he holds the door open for her. So... Kevin's got one hand on his bicycle seat and the other on his handle. And she says, thanks for my present. Oh, and thank you for the card. He's like, oh, you're welcome. And he looks at her. He looks at her and he's like, well, bye. And the way that he's looking at her, you know in his eyes, he's like, this is my shot. I need to take this. And you know that she was, when he walked in the door, she was biting that bottom. I was like, oh, he's back. And they both lean in, they turn their heads the right way so their lips will meet and they won't bump noses. And that is more than a peck. That is at least like a three second kiss. And they break apart and they're just like, she's, they're both like grinning at each other, just starry eyed. And he's got his hand back on his bicycle seat like, hey, I'll see you in Algebra Monday. She's like, I'll be there. <laughs> he gets on his... His bike, he pops a wheelie as he's going out, um, off screen, and she's like, yes! And she sits down on the St. Michelle sandbox there, just like, yes! That's how the kiss was supposed to be. A nice, quiet setting, two people, no tension, no one breathing down your neck, no one breathing in your face, like, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, just nice, calm, sweet, between two people, it couldn't be more perfect. It's, I kind of think it's sad. I wish we had gotten more of Kevin. We only get him for one more episode this season. And they they drop him. And then, of course, you know, it's like, we can't have... Because you know that in... This is season three. In season six, we're getting full-time Steve. So we gotta have DJ, like, have crushes on, like, other guys. We get, uh... Some guy named Bobby that they pick up at the fair. We get Pete from season five. We get Ryan from, I think, season four. And we get the return of Bitterman one last time. So all these boys and stuff that come and go, they're not really going to be anybody serious. But at least we do get Kevin for a... And I think the fact that... It feels like they paint Kevin in that bad light with that just say no episode with him drinking. 
He gets suspended. We never hear from him again. So maybe his parents are really strict. Like, we're sending you to a private school, an all-boys school, where you won't have that temptation or something like that. I don't know. Or maybe they just realize they're going in different directions because the one thing that is kind of a semi-hindrance to Kevin is maybe the fact that DJ is really popular. She knows a lot of people. Kevin's still shy, so maybe he feels like he's on the lower half of the rung of the ladder and DJ is, like, climbing that ladder to semi-popularity in a way that maybe he... I, I don't know. I, I'm not in Kevin's head, so this is just me guessing. But this episode really ended nicely. Um, as far as for the worst this episode, I do want to kind of give it to Kimmy just because this whole kissing game was, was kind of her idea and she, well, actually if you think about it, I don't know, maybe I should give this to Kathy Santoni because Kimmy just said, I want to get Kevin and DJ together. Kathy Santoni was the one that came up with the, the spin the bottle thing. As far as for the quote for the episode I thought was kind of funny was the whole DJ saying, you'll have to excuse Kimmy. The mall is open, but nobody's shopping. I liked that. I thought that was really cute. As far as for the wardrobes go, as much as I like DJs, I really want to give that to Kevin. Not just because I love Kevin so much. Because he's my, my, when I was a teenager, that would have been my dream boy right there. <laughs> Um, but I just, I love his sweater, the, um, the blue, black diamonds and everything. It's just, and the way his hair is cut is really cute. I really like it. I mean, I'm, we'll have to wait till I get to just say no, where, you know, his hair is shorter and everything. Cause maybe I might flip flop. Like, I kind of like it in the 13 candles one. I don't know. So for worst Outfit of this episode, I am definitely hands down giving it to Stephanie. I did not care for that that little hodgepodge of characters that they had pinned to her sweater. It was really you could have not added that stuff and just had a plain like red sweater with the light blue and yellow sleeves would have been just fine. Why did you add to, have to add those decorations and like you're decorating her shirt like it's a Christmas tree? All right, next week we are jumping into the next birthday-themed episode, Season 5, Episode 16, entitled Crushed, which aired on January 14th, 1992. This is going to center around Stephanie's 10th birthday. She is the double digits, finally. Pop singer Tommy Page, R.I.P., the actor did, pa the singer, actor did pass away, I believe it was at least a year or so ago. I think it was even last year. He performs at Stephanie's 10th birthday party. She already has a crush on him. He signs her CD, gives her a kiss, signs the CD, Love Tommy. She immediately thinks, oh, he's my boyfriend. We're going to get married. And then he starts kind of hitting on DJ, which is definitely wrong, wrong, wrong. The girls squabble. It's a big dilemma. So look to that next week. And then... Also, like I said, if you want to email the podcast, I would love to hear from you. You can do so at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. And I did say at the beginning of the episode, I did want to play um, a voicemail from my dad wishing me a happy birthday. It's just, it's a really sweet, and I, I really like it. 
that my dad did this for me. And I, I just want to share it with you. Because it's just... These are really the only things I have left that I could, you know, play on my birthday for, you know. Yeah. Here you go. Yeah, Angela, it's your father. And uh, I figured you'd be up by now. It's got to be 11 o'clock. And I uh, wonder, wish you a happy birthday. Uh, maybe you're out enjoying yourself already, for all I know. But uh, I'm down here at Pam's. And uh, give me a jingle back, but you got to call me on the cell phone, okay, honey? Otherwise, happy birthday. I love you. Goodbye. So yeah, that was it. That was my dad, everybody. Uh, he was always, you know, jovial when it came to calling me on my birthday and everything like that. And it was always nice to get a message from him. My birthday actually is on a Saturday this year. For those of you wanting, my, my birthday is actually on the 24th of August. So it's pretty cool that my birthday is like all even numbers because I'm a big fan of even numbers. That's, that's just me. <laughs> but um, yeah. So, yep, next week is going to be crushed. Then uh, Ramona's birthday, not-so-epic party, and then, of course, John Stamos's, and then we're going to end it with the full Fuller House Season 2, Episode 1. Welcome back. So a nice little bookend to the Summer Fun series. Then we're going to do, you know, the back-to-school episodes. So I'm, I'm really excited where this is going. And I just, I love the little themes that I do. It's just it's so creative. I'm always, like, coming up with new things in my head. Like, I want to do this one. I want to do this with this and make it, you know, it's just, yeah. So I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. Like I said, I enjoy doing this. It's so great. And, you know, have a, have a good weekend. I hope the weather's great for you and everything like that. And we finally got our door, our new door installed yesterday, which is awesome. Didn't have any issues. So now this weekend will be about looking to get Jeremy a new car. This will be fun. It's been a long time coming, that's for true. So, all right, everybody. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye.